How you guys doing? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for the privilege of tonight. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here. And I thank you that we've had such an incredible series where we've just been speaking and learning about ways which we can build on you, on your promises, on your word, on your love for us. And I thank you for just what you've done this past month. And I thank you for tonight. I thank you that you're going to soften hearts as we really speak into such an important topic, not only for parents, but for young people and people who are going to be parents to be in Jesus' name. So we thank you. We give you all the glory and we commit this in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Cool. I'm going to actually ask our senior pastor to come up, if that's okay. Joe, you can come up. Saki, Saki jumped the gun there. Come on, let's show some love. Here we go. Come on. Cool. You guys can take your seat. Say hello to the person who you ignored when you sat down earlier. Don't think these chairs were designed for me and CJ. Well, no, maybe CJ now because he's lost so much weight. Come on, how strong is CJ looking? I don't know. That was offside. I apologize. There wasn't a great response, CJ, but I think you're looking good. That is true. Guys, show CJ some love. (laughs) Sorry, Ruth. Did you flex now? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, we obviously are doing things a bit differently, and uh, we have the privilege of being able, myself and Rob's, to ask... Andre, uh, who's not only a spiritual father and the father of the house with, with Leanne, who's the mother of the house, but he's also father to Juliana and Zara. And um, I think I speak for myself and so many other people, but Andre and Leanne are such incredible examples of parents in how they show us kind of how we can in the future be parents to our kids. Um, I know that Andre and Leanne are the girls' biggest supporters, biggest cheerleaders. Do you know how nice it is being able to talk sport with Andre now, like with his kids? It's so fun. Like we talk about sport. Ronda Bosch Boys High School, 36, 35, and you know, just me. Yeah, Rory, thank you. There we go. the guy. <laughs> you went to bishops, anyway, that's okay. But uh, it's, I just know that they are such incredible parents where we can learn so much from them. But I also want to encourage you, you might be going, well, I'm not a parent, uh, I, I'm still in high school, you know, this doesn't apply to me, but I, I wanna, it does apply to you because not only can you learn as a young person on how to honor your parents, but you, by the grace of God, will be a parent one day, and it's so important to learn from those who've gone before us now already so that you can apply it to your life one day, and uh, it's very, very encouraging. But also, not only is Andre such an incredible dad, he's also got incredible parents, and I've had the privilege of knowing his parents for many years. Uh, we, we asked Leanne some questions at Camps Bay this morning, and I actually thought about it this, this evening. I stayed with Grandma Jenny, but I was also neighbors to your parents for many years. So I got to see um, Auntie Margs and, and Uncle Pete not only be incredible parents to Andre and Leanne, but also such amazing grandparents to the girls. And um, I'll never forget, one day I reversed into Uncle Pete's car, and... Uh, he became a father in an instant when he dis- disciplined me and corrected me. It was a very, I vividly remember that. Anyway, I'm not going to repeat what he said. It wasn't bad, but I, it scarred me for life. But anyway, I will never reverse without looking in my rearview mirror ever again after that day. But um, so there's so much we can learn from. And I think it's so important because it says in Psalm 127, verses 3 to 5. 
Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children are born to a young man, sorry, children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gates. And I think the, the, the important picture that that scripture teaches us is that children are essentially arrows given to parents. But arrows aren't meant to stay in the sack at the back. Arrows are meant to be shot forward. And they're meant to be shot at a target. So parents' responsibility is to take their children and shoot them towards a target. But the grace that God gives us is like the warrior, if you shoot the, the arrow, it's, it's gonna have to hit the target for it to make an impact. But the grace we have as parents, or if you have as parents, is when you shoot the target, you're able to kind of walk next to the arrow and correct its course every now and then and make sure that the arrow hits the target. And that's what it says in Proverbs 22, verse six, direct your children on the right path. And when they're older, they will not leave it. I think it's such a powerful picture of what it means to be parents, that we have this incredible privilege, but the responsibility to lead our children to hit the target, which is to love God and to serve Him and to serve His people. And I think what an important opportunity for us tonight to learn some key principles to help us direct the arrow. And I think, you know, Andre and I sat down and we were just looking at some, at some you know, teachings on this, and someone said this, it said, four of the most important things for any human being is this, your identity, security, purpose, and acceptance. And he said, as adults, we understand that that's so important. Can we all agree? Your identity, your security, your purpose, and acceptance. But how much more important it is for a young person to learn those at a young age. And as parents, we get to shape that in their lives. So we're gonna jump straight into a few questions, but I just thought I would ask Andre, what's one of the best memories you've ever had with your parents? If you can think of a day, it's just, the minute I ask that question, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Um, I, I think of some funny things. Give um, us funny things. But, but yeah, no, no, first of all, parents created a very loving environment yeah. um, where, and I mentioned the church this morning, um, I, when I heard that Jesus died for me, um, I totally got it because um, I knew throughout my life if my parents ever had to lay down their life for mine, they'd do it in a second. And I never questioned it. So good. And I think already just that for me um, is an amazing memory. But some funny things was, um, I think one of the funniest things, if I think back of something that made me laugh, and it is that in, in grade one, sub A, my parents bought me a clock radio for Christmas. Uh, but I thought I always laugh about that because that was the one of the funniest gifts I ever thought. Like, how can you give a sub A student? They thought it was like the best gift ever, and um, I just thought that was a funny thing. The the other thing was my my parents would fiercely love me, and there was these guys in high school who who actually um, threatened me, and it was it was um, because of some confusion. Another guy had gotten their face. Um, at school, and they actually pretty much like tried to put a hit out on me. They showed up at some events with a gun. It was weird, and it actually put a lot of fear into my life, and um, I actually stopped going out. I went to school, came back, and my parents could see what it was doing to me, and they encouraged me to go out, and it was a party at the Scout Hall. There used to be Scout Hall parties at Tableview, and I went out with my friends to the Scout Hall, and I would have been about 16 years old, and these guys showed up there um, to come and 
sort of um, really try to beat me to a pulp. And uh, my dad, I never knew, uh, but I was, we were dancing, and I stepped back. We were on the dance floor, and I knocked into this guy, and I looked back in the corner. It's my dad. And I'm like, what are you doing here? Like, I got the fright of my life. And when I knocked him, I picked up that he had two wrenches in his, under his sleeves, and he actually had been standing there the whole night, and he actually was ready to beat the crap out of these guys. <laughs> but really, I was like, I got a fright. But that's really how I grew up knowing that my parents were unconditionally loved. And already just that for me was the most special times. Uh, you know, besides the fun we had and ho- holidays and just doing life, um, I think that was fun. My dad um, and my mom, of course, grandparents, they're phenomenal. And my dad's lost a bit of his hearing now. And so, um, and, and his sight. So it's a, the funniest thing is we'd be at sports events, like a swimming event, and Zara would have swam a race, and my dad would think she's in the next race. And like he's shouting for Zara, but she's not swimming. Anyway, I'm like, Dad, like he's standing on the stand. Go, Zara, go. I'm like, she's not swimming. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But um, those are some funny moments as well that we're experiencing right now. Anyway. <laughs> did, did, sorry, did your dad support Liverpool, or was that just by choice? Yeah, no, my dad supported Western Province rugby. I, like he, he was into soccer, uh, but but yeah, um, I used to he used to come to my rugby and sports games. And um, the funniest thing was I would be playing and find him almost halfway on the pitch, and I'd be like, "What are you doing here?" He'd be like, "Oh, flip, sorry." He'd be he'd get so into the game he'd walk onto the field, and then um, anyway, so those all stuff anyways. But he was just rugby, and he loved soccer, but he, he got me into Province rugby. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, So, Andre, tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to just quiz you. Cool. Um, I think we can all attest to the fact that you've raised some amazing goals. Um, And so we're just going to quiz you um, to get some parenting knowledge from you and be inspired. Um, Our first main question for you tonight is, how has your relationship with God impacted the type of parent that you are? Um, And... Do you think it's something that's played a pivotal role or how has it impacted your parenting style? And then also, how do you instill in your goals the importance of a relationship with God without feeling like you're forcing it on them? Yeah, um, um, first of all, um, the fact that uh, I ended up getting a revelation of what Jesus did for me when I was 17, but I, I was in a church environment before that of course, um, helped me to, to see how much security and strength um, meeting Jesus at an early age brings. And I always say my only regret in life is that I never had that revelation sooner. And of course, God's timing's perfect, and, and I'm grateful that it happened then. But I, for me, I wish that I'd um, met Jesus in that way sooner. Um, because um, I also think the sooner you direct your life and start to build your life with Jesus, um, there's this massive momentum you build. And, and that's, that's what I want for my girls, um, to have a relationship with Jesus and also to use what he's given them uh, for his kingdom. And, and there's such a momentum, an unstoppable momentum that comes to your life, I believe, once you, you get to know Jesus. So for me, that's massive. The other thing is I've also seen how powerful prayer is. And that's the other thing. My, my mom always created a culture of prayer that I picked up. She would be like, when it was tough, she said, we're going to pray. 
And when it was uh, when it was good, she said, "Look how good God's been." And I think for me, um, praying continuously for my kids. And fair enough, on Saturday, um, something actually happened that stressed Leanne and I out. And um, I prayed about it on Saturday. And that's the thing. I'll go immediately. I'll go to God in prayer for the girls, and I'll start to claim stuff for them. And this morning, it was crazy. At three in the morning, I woke up and I was wide awake. And I, all I wanted to do was pray for them. And I just prayed for an hour. I know it doesn't listen. It can sound like quite an out there thing, but, but sometimes it happens to me. But it's, it's actually so inside of me now to pray for them. And I just cover them in prayer. And it's weird. Like once I feel like it's broken, I actually just go to sleep. And, and I am very confident in praying for my girls, praying God's blessing over them. And, and so I'm, I'm confident that God will reveal himself to them. And I've heard them share testimonies um, from youth and environments where God spoke to them or that revelation they got. And it's crazy. It's things you're praying. Um, so, so that's one of the ways it stayed real to them. Um, and, of course, uh, children learn when they're having fun. And, and fun's attractional. And, and so um, if you're not creating a, a, a life-giving, fun environment for them to get to know Jesus— um, then it's just a set of rules, and there's going to be no life in it. So, so that's that's your um, that's something we've tried to create. And the other thing is, um, uh, parenting is uh, caught, not taught. And and um, and so once you try to um, just teach it, it can become you can maybe get into unhealthy space. But but when they catch it, and so for me, I've realised the best gift I give to my children is um, serving God and being generous. Like, like I've realized, that's the best gift I give to them. Like, like you go, what's the best gift you give them? I'm going to give them this, and I'm going to give them this money. I'm going to get, no, no. The best gift I'll give to my children is me living an outward-looking life and being generous. And I can see, they see it. Oh, Daddy, I saw how you spoke to that person. I saw how you served. And they start to see that to really live, you only really start to live when you're generous. And so that's also how I feel your faith transfers into your children's life. Yeah, so that's, oh, cool. Awesome. I thought that was very good. Generosity, how key is that? Uh, we obviously live in a very turbulent world where there's just a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of thoughts. There's a lot of ideas. There's a lot of things really kind of being thrown onto children, sadly enough. So obviously identity and that sense of security is extremely important, especially as they're developing uh, it, it kind of at the ages that they're at. What, what, what are some of the things that you put in place yourself and Leanne where you're building into their identity, but you're also building into their security and knowing who they are? Um, so, of course, um, we want to constantly um, be teaching them about what God says about them. Um, from a young age, Leanne used to say to them who they are, affirm them, and confirm it continuously. Um, of course, um, I don't know if you guys pick up at church. Has anyone picked up that I pray very much a similar prayer in the front end of my sermon? But I know if you take that prayer, there's a pattern there that's going to help you. And, and so um, in, even as I pray, I want to teach. And so I find that, that um, even the girls, I find they repeat my prayers because I pray it. So, and I, so I'm also deliberate when I pray with them 
because I find they'll repeat it and stand on those things and they end up carrying those things. So, so also try to form the identity with our words. Um, of course, they, they, they go, people go where they're celebrated, not tolerated, okay? And your children will do the same. And when you're not celebrating your child at home, the identity Christ has, the plans God has for them, they will go to somebody else who's celebrating them. And you might find somebody else is celebrating your child for the wrong reasons, and you are maybe tolerating your child because they're frustrating you. You are missing out on this opportunity to form your child's identity. And so, so you need to be wise with your words and how you speak to them, how you remind them. And, and of course... Um, sometimes we say this, that, that, that we say to our, our team, you are a chief reminding officer. That's your role. You are a CRO. As parents, you are a CRO. You are a chief reminding officer. And you remind them about how they're made, that they, they got, God's got a plan for their life. And, and you remind them. And sometimes I'll take the girls aside, and I can see they, they're thinking, and I'll bring them, and I'll just remind them. I want to remind you, this is who you are. This is what, and I, you've, you mean, I, I just remind them. And, and, and I know our words settle them. I can see Juliana and Zara, well, they'll look for us. And they'll, Mommy, Daddy, what did you think? They're like looking. And our affirmation just settles something. So, so words are massive when it comes to identity. Yeah, hopefully that answers the question, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Just kind of letting them know so that there's no room for doubt, so that yes. they have to go elsewhere to find out yes. who they yeah. are. Yeah, that's great, Andre. Um, and then obviously, I mean, most of us know your girls are very talented. Um, they're very busy. <laughs> and we see that they, they're very passionate wherever they are, you know, whether it be the sports field or at church with their friends. They're very passionate. How, why has it been important for you to instill that sense of passion and that sense of purpose in them? Um, and have, is there any lessons that you and Leanne have learned as you're walking on this journey where they're now finding what they're talented in and finding their purpose? Um, I, I think um, the thought of that, that the builder is greater than the building, like the architect, the, the, like, and so sometimes you can feel like something's lost in life, but your ability to build hasn't been lost. And I always try to remind somebody, go, look, so, so that's lost. No, no, no. That's not, that might be the end of that season, but you built that, and you can build again, carry on building. And so, so I, I just think um, teaching your child to be a steward of what God's given them, to be passionate, have fun, um, and build, and learn lessons, teaches them to become builders. And, and I think it's, it's part of our life. And so there's so many lessons to be learned um, and so many opportunities in, in a young person's life to be part of teams and to learn people skills and to build stuff and, and to learn how to push through studies. And, and, and because God's made them wonderfully and skillfully, and yes, we have to bring out the genius in them. Sometimes your child might get stuck somewhere and don't let somebody else put a box in them. You find a way for them to be unlocked. Even, you know, um, and I've, I've even seen Dieter just good with his boys. Like when they feel like they've hit a roadblock, he goes, like they've pushed through. And, and that's what kids need to understand, that they've got great ability in them. God's actually made them on purpose. And, and so even just using their skills in studying and in sport and in interaction, and Zara's this phenomenal um, singer, but, but actually practicing, it, it, they, they learn something that they can apply, I believe, to what they're destined to do. And they might not 
be, be, end up doing all the things they're doing now, my girls, but I'm trusting that they'll learn from it how to be stewards so that they do reach their destiny. And I've understood that, that, that their destiny, like the movement we create now in their life, they'll learn so much from it. And, and um, yeah, um, to, to enjoy it, like, like you've, to have passion. I want to remind them, I'm going, this, you know, this, you're going to have this opportunity. This is not, this is why I always remind them, this is why I want to encourage you to have fun doing this. Okay. And I tell them why. Because I'm not trying to tell them what to do. I want to tell them why there's so much they can get from this season. And then they see it differently. They go, okay, cool. Yeah. I had the privilege of obviously growing up in church and my parents were very releasing and just allowing me to serve and, and, and really just be a part of, the, of, of church life. Why, if, just speaking to parents, why is it so important to almost allow your, your children to serve in God's house? Like in terms of finding purpose, because I genuinely believe I found my purpose in serving God and serving, and serving people. And I found that from a young age, from 13 when I started a kid's church, that it was so fruitful for me. Yeah, um, I just think, uh, first of all, Kayla, Sabelo, Saki, and all our team, they create a, an amazing environment here for young people to serve. So we are in a church where our leaders are outward looking and understand the power in letting young people put their hands to work. Um, So we, of course, were made on purpose for a purpose. And we really start to enjoy life when we've actually got purpose. Like, like, I don't know if you've ever found that that you study for your test, you feel so much better. You have a better night's sleep if you've studied for your test than if you haven't studied for an exam. And anyone out there, hey? Like, you, you don't sleep well if you haven't studied. When you have a good day at work, and you work hard, you actually drive home, you actually enjoy your supper more with your family because you know you weren't on Facebook and social media the whole day, you actually worked. And stewardship is a gift that you give yourself because we were, we were given work and purpose before um, sin came in. And of course, Adam and Eve got to, to, to um, tend to the land and the flock. And so purpose is actually a gift to us. And, and so is steward, stewardship is a gift you almost give back to yourself. And, and so when you start to let your child be part of something bigger than themselves and serve, they really start to enjoy life. And so our girls already, Saki's great environment where our girls at their age can be part of a dream team at, at yep. View Rep. And, and they get it and they enjoy it. And, but, but it's so important when you do see opportunities to, to let your, your child enjoy serving. The other thing, um, and I said it this morning, encourage, give your child some chores and help them find purpose. And if your child hears of a friend in need, help them to help that friend. Again, it's another basic principle I try to. So we even do it with girls. We, we, we encourage. We see Because we, they say the, the generous people, by generosity they stand. They come up with generous acts. And so we're teaching our children to come up with generous acts. And so, um, so when you do it, you'll find your child will be happier. But when you don't um, activate purpose and, and chores and, out, and outward lookingness in your child, there's a big chance your child will not be a happy child. And we're living in a world where people aren't happy. So, so, so purpose actually brings joy into your life. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. So it's massive to teach your child to live out purpose. But again, um, monkey see, monkey do. You know what I mean? If I'm not living on purpose... 
Uh, my child will just think I'm like, you know, just trying to, you should live on purpose. Well, what about you, you know? And, and so the best gift you give to your child is you living on purpose. Because again, they catch it then. And so they, it's not words. They, they've seen us do it. And they go, wow, this is how you really live. Yeah. Can I just chip in there? I think that's so important to live on purpose, but then show your kids how to live on purpose. I, I love my parents with all my heart. But one thing I wish they did more when I was younger was give me chores. <laughs> and I know that sounds weird, but I almost had to learn how to do some of those things when I became an adult, like doing the dishes every night. <laughs> He's had not when lots of practice Not when they're now. piled up and then there's green stuff overflowing. You're like, I should probably wash that, you know, like, or doing my washing. My, you know, I can't wear the same T-shirt five times. <laughs> Got to put into the washing machine. And I know it's, it's it sounds They teach weird. you that around the bush boys, hey? Apparently they don't. Anyway, they, people so, did okay. it for us. No, anyway. no, to wear the same t-shirt for five days. <laughs> yeah. Got a bit yellow, but anyway. But I think what, but again, my parents did that. They, you know, they did the washing and they, they did all these things, but there wasn't the core to do it. And I think I almost wish that I had that because I think it would have served me so much greater as I got older and I had to do it myself. <laughs> so I just wish that I did, you know, I, I wish it was natural. It's confession I wish, time. I wish that I just enjoyed doing it. But I, I, anyway. I'm what do you want to sure say, Robin? What do you have to say to that new <laughs> I season? I do the dishes more than Robin does the dishes. <laughs> I find this to be the best realization I've had. That you, counseling that you wish you had more chores because of my... <laughs> when I was younger. Now it's different. Now it's, we share the load. <laughs> Next week's looking really good for me. Um, <laughs> Don't clap. <laughs> but anyway, um, Andre, we've spoken, a, you know, a lot about encouraging your goals and modeling a good godly relationship to your goals. And I think I'm not a parent yet, but um, that seems like the more fun side. Triplets coming. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's all pray. No. Uh, <laughs> can you imagine that food bowl? <laughs> but um. I can imagine that's the more fun side of parenting. You know, the encouraging, being on the sidelines, cheering them on. Um, but a, a big part of parenting is also correcting your kids. I mean, in the beginning, we spoke about the arrow going towards the target and you have to correct its course, you know, and that's a responsibility that God gives you as a parent. How have you navigated correcting your goals um, in a world where even correction is kind of frowned upon, no one wants to be criticized. How have you approached that, you and Leanne, correcting your goals? Um, listen, yeah, of course, I was a youth pastor for 10 years, and um, of course, I also grew up with parents who, I don't know how they did it, but they created an environment where I actually, when I wasn't with them, my question in my head was, would, would, if my parents were here, would they be happy with this? And I actually walked away from so much stuff um, in those moments. So by God's grace, they set a tone. Of course, um, I, we, you do want to, to create an environment where they honor you because it says if you honor your parents, you have a long life. And I know in this season, I'm really um, holding that responsibility uh, before God to see them raised in the right way. But, um, but I can't overlook... Um, um, really unhealthy things where it's really um, 
uh, where they are anti-authority or they're prideful. Those things I have to check because uh, pride comes before the fall and, and, and you can't receive from that which you do not honor. And so you, create a, you have a dishonorable spirit at school. You're pointless sending your child to school. They're gonna receive nothing from school because they actually, you position them to, to not learn. And so there's all these things I have to check. Of course, I think Leanne's even better at it. Maybe it's because they're girls and the dad, like she's like, you got, they got you wrapped. But, but for me, um, Leanne will deal with it. My natural thing is to, I, wanna, I wanna pray and trust God. So, so sometimes when I've seen them struggle, I, I, like, I, want to, I, I wanna think about it. Then I wanna sit with them and, and talk to them. But um, when they do need discipline and it's in public, what I've got taught is this, is that, that I will, yes, I'll be firm. I'll say, we're gonna, quick, we're gonna sort this out right now. And we go walk around the corner and I discipline them just them and me. I don't discipline them to get back at them because I'm embarrassed about what people saw happen. And people go, is that your child? And, and that's a dangerous thing to, to get back at your child because you're not, not disciplining them for to help them. You're disciplining um, them in a way to almost look better. But no one's thinking you're looking better. They're just thinking you're looking angry. But if I now discipline them um, and protect them from shame, all of a sudden, it can be healthy discipline. But if I discipline them and shame them in public, they miss out on the lesson. They miss out on the direction. So, so um, what I've learned is, is, is I need to um, put their needs above my own, even though I'm angry and I'm frustrated. And what are they doing? I can't believe they did this. And, and like, you know, and everyone, like, you know, I can't believe they did this in front of you. And, and actually still go, I'm actually gonna, by God's grace, help me, Jesus, um, do this in a way that actually directs them, the arrow. But I'm not gonna walk away from discipline because discipline not only directs and saves them from terrible things, discipline also creates safety and, 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 and they care. They actually feel more cared for when you discipline. When you stop disciplining, they go, well, you don't really care, hey, if I fall or if I do these things and I become this terrible person. And so what, you know what I mean? And so for me, that's what I've learned in the, the discipline journey. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> Maybe taking notes. <laughs> young people. There are a lot of young people in the service yeah. who have parents. Again, we, we live in a world where there's so much that we can lean in on or, and listen to and, and allow to shape us. But what's the blessing of just honoring your parents? And how can they honor their parents in a way that they can not only receive from them, but they get that blessing that God promises over their life? Yes, yeah. I, you know, I, I think of my parents, everything they've done for me, and I haven't come close to honoring their sacrifice. You know, because... Because our parents do so much for us. Um, and of course, I'm, I'm grateful that for my parents and, and I want to be a parent like that where I serve my kids and, and I stay healthy. I don't so, sort of serve them and, and love them and then almost try to find my identity in it that when they leave the house, I'm like, I gave you so much. You know I mean, like, you know, where are you now? But, but that it stays healthy. But um, as me to my parent, of course, um, I saw my sister do this so well that we actually went through financial issues and my sister was so generous with whatever money she made. And there were points where 
we together had to put money in. And, and you know what? Um, at one point, I'm a youth pastor, and financially, I wasn't sort of going anywhere to a point where I was thinking, I'm just not going to get married. This would be the easiest thing because I feel called. But um, I never knew when I was available, like my sister showed me even more, like, you know, when I was available in being generous to my parents, I was actually storing money in a heavenly bank account that God was about to multiply, but I never knew it. And I've always said, when you serve God, it doesn't add up, but one day it multiplies. And I think that's what happens when you honor your parents financially, because honor actually is connected to money. And sometimes um, that's massive. The other big thing of honor clearly is time. Time is, is something that you can honor your parents with. Uh, but, but um, and I'll challenge myself, you know what I mean? I'm going, I need to rise up. But, but I want to encourage young people over here. Um, if you've got an opportunity to sow into your family financially and you're not, you're missing out on the biggest opportunity ever. You're missing out on what I believe is a God opportunity. And you've fooled yourself that taking care of numero uno is going to build this life you've dreamt of. Where God is trust, waiting to open the windows of heaven in your life if you just have the faith to be generous to your parents. And whenever you're generous to your parents, God is watching. And He says, not only will you have a long life, but He will take care of you, I believe. He's going to bless you. And so I encourage you to have the faith to be generous to your parents. Yeah. Yeah. Kylie, we can clap for that. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I never forget one of the first times I heard you teach that principle. Um, my my parents' TV broke, and the first thing I did that Monday was I bought my parents a new TV, and they're like, "Oh, we'll pay you the money back." And I said, "No, like it's a gift for you," and it just brought me so much joy. You know, they're watching TV on this new TV, you know, and it's such a small thing, but just being able because they listen. You can say you got the best parents, but I got the best parents, like. Seeing the sacrifices that they gave my brothers and I to give us the life we had is, is nothing short of the grace of God and the sacrifices. And it is, it really is such a blessing. Can I ask this here, because I don't know if there's any more questions, eh? Hey? Oh, I was one more question, but you can, okay. it's just to close Because um, Matt and Robin, of course, are these two individuals now who are one, but they they, they settled, they're confident, they've stayed, they focused. Robin has achieved so much at school, um, not only through academics. She was like a national tennis player, um, and now she's a doctor, and, and Matt went to Rondebosch. That's pretty much all we got for you. Anyway. Um, that's, a that's a national achievement <laughs> in itself. No, Matt's like being one of, he's been in this church since you're seven, serving really sowing his life generously, being a leader of leaders. Um, what do you think your parents did for you to actually get this confidence um, to, to not be swayed by, by what so many people are swayed by, to actually um, use your gifts and to be stewards of what God's given you? Uh, Robin, what do you think your parents did to create that environment? Well, um, I lost a tennis match once. To <laughs> The only rule in my house was you don't lose to someone you should beat. It's fine if someone that's better than you, if they beat you, but if you lose to someone you should beat, that's not okay. So I was in Durban, playing at a stadium, lost a match, and my mom made me walk a kilometer up a hill with my tennis bag as punishment. So that's based, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I never lost again to someone I should beat. Um, <laughs> no, but I think, so for me, I was very privileged that I grew up in a home where both of my parents were plugged into church even before they got married. 
that actually met at youth. So I was born into church and taken every Sunday and that became my home. It become a, became a safe place for me. Um, and through every season of life, no matter what I was doing, no matter what I was going through, church was that safe space. But it was also a safe space because it wasn't forced on me. It was, we're going, do you want to join us? Not, we're going, you must join us. And I think just having that place that was my own, and they were never um, insistent on where I should serve or where I should sit. I was allowed to have freedom within even going to church. I, I found my own community there as well. So I found mentors, I found friends. And through that, I think that's always been guiding for me as well because as a parent you can't be there all the time for your kids your kids are going to be in situations that you can't control but because I was just so comfortable and had freedom in a church space even my mentors and my friends could also steer me back on path when I was going the wrong way so that's something I very much appreciate um, and hope that we can do with our kids one day too yeah I think for me my parents, I came to church before my parents came to church. My cousin invited me. And then they got saved here at church. And God really did a miracle in, in my family. My parents actually got divorced. And then they got remarried, which is a miracle. Um, and I saw God do that. But they just, they trusted everything I did when it came to church. They were so releasing. They just said, you want, like I said, can I serve? I like, go serve. Can I go to church? Go to church. You know, they would say no to the other things I wanted to do, but church always seemed to be a very easy yes for them. And I think that's what impressed me from my parents is when it came to God and, and serving Him and serving people, they released me. And in releasing me, I found the greatest joy. I found my greatest friends. I found purpose. I found direction. I found everything that I think I would have needed in those seasons because they just released me. They didn't hold me back. And... I've seen friends who, who've been held back and they were never given the freedom to, to serve at the, you know, the way that I was given freedom to serve. And I'll be honest, they, they're almost lost. They've got these really cool degrees and these really cool jobs, but they're not serving God anymore. They're not going to church anymore. And it's sad. It's almost as if their parents were scared to, as if it was going to affect their schooling or their sport or whatever. And I think my parents just said, go for it. And by saying go for it, by the grace of God, kind of things fell into place. So I would encourage you, if your young person says, can I serve a church? <laughs> I would get really excited if I were you because they're going to have the time of their life. And they're going to make some incredible friends. I promise you, they're going to make friends for life. Friends who are going to believe in them. Friends who are going to iron sharpens iron. Friends who are going to make them laugh. <laughs> I'm so grateful for CJ. And I know, you know, we fight all the time and butt heads and laugh at each other and tune each other. I haven't seen you guys actually wrestle, which would well, be great we in, to see. We're getting old now, Because you guys are pretty big, so it would be... My knee's so bad, I can't do that anymore. I've retired. CJ's ready, he's saying. Yeah. I can't. CJ's going to have to fight. Oh, why don't you wrestle Luke, bro? You can wrestle Luke and then Luke ah. will sort you. <laughs> but it is, you know, it, it's just good to know that... And I met and I met CJ in church. I didn't mean it anywhere else. You know, we served at youth for many years. I was his best man. Um, so I think the greatest impression for me was my parents just saying yes to, to God um, and, and allowing me to, to kind of be in those environments. You know. Listen, um, I know I'm taking over, but, but Matt's dad and mom create the most fun environment 
when you're with them and they're brothers yeah. and they laugh their heads <laughs> off. They're honestly the funniest guys. And you must remember, uh, fun is attractional. And people, um, they only invite people to what they enjoy. And, yeah. and, that, and the Gillette brothers have such a jaw. And, and when you're having fun in your home, it's the best home yeah. to be in. Yeah. And so, yeah. Oh, they're, they're, good, they're good brothers. <laughs> Dodgy, but they're good. <laughs> um, so you obviously mentioned that, you, you know, when you were a teenager, you met God. And we're obviously speaking about earthly parents, which obviously are super important. But I don't know if you just want to explain to everyone what, what it meant to meet God and how it changed your life and how it can change their life too. You know, um, I remember grade nine when they did subject choice. Anyone, do they still do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like even now the schools change, what year they do it. And I felt rudderless, even though um, about my, my destiny. But, but um, I had this desire to fulfill my destiny. And then once I met Jesus, I started praying about it. But um, once I heard the gospel, um, clearly, it's like weird. It's like I heard it only for the first time when I was 17. And I, and I was in environments, I reckon, where it was spoken about. But I heard it. And I knew this is what I've always been looking for. I've woken up on Saturdays feeling alone. I've woken up on days feeling like I'm missing out. But as soon as I heard that Jesus paid the price for my sins and I can have a personal relationship with Him, I knew like I knew. I've always been looking for this. And, and everything changed. That emptiness, that, that, you know what I mean, that, that I'd experienced, God filled it. And of course, the rule is this. You're made for a person, Jesus, and you're made for a place, and it's heaven. Once you understand that, you start to make the most of this life on earth because you know you're made for heaven. And, and once you have Jesus come into your life, that, that, that God-shaped hole is filled, and nothing else can fill it. So, so, of course, I heard that, that Jesus paid the price for my sins and, and that the wages of sin is death. So we know there's a bill that we can't pay, but the gift of God's eternal life. And, and once we, of course, um, call on Him, the Bible says, as you call in His name, uh, those who call in the name of the Lord, they'll be saved. Um, as you actually humble yourself and confess that you're a sinner, He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. And that's, that's what I did. And um, of course, uh, like that's why I say my, my best decision ever was receiving Jesus. And my only regret is I wish I met him sooner in the way I did when I was 17. And, and so um, the other thing was I actually had this huge fear of messing up as a Christian, like almost becoming like the worst representative of Jesus. Like, and I had this weird thought, but I never realized once you ask Jesus into your life, it's like he helps you to live for him because he gives you his desire and then He gives you the power to do it. And so even as you have this desire to live for Him, He's not only inviting you to a relationship, He's knocking the door of your heart. He's also, um, He's saying, I'll pour my spirit out in your life to live this life that you now desire to live. And, and so, yeah, I, I just think that's the best thing to do. And so right now, if you are actually in that place where you want to ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, receive Jesus as your Savior, why don't you quickly close your eyes? And if you're saying, I actually want to ask Him to forgive me of my sins, I want to receive the free gift of salvation. Remember, you, you can't earn it, but you can receive it. How? By just humbly acknowledging that you need His forgiveness. And then you're actually saying, Jesus, take the wheel, you know? 
and, and He's actually now leading your life. You're letting go of that steering wheel and saying, Jesus, please will you direct my life? And He is gracious and He's good. He'll do it. And that's doing you. You're receiving Him as your Savior and you're surrendering the leadership of your life to Him. If that's you. I'd love, just with every eye closed, say, include me in that prayer. I need to, I want to do that tonight. I want to pray that prayer. Just give me a wave if that's you. Just say, that's me. I actually want to receive Jesus as my Savior. I want to ask Him. Awesome. God bless you. Anyone else? Just pop your hand up. Say, I want to ask Him to forgive me of my sins. I want to settle my eternity in heaven tonight. Um, anyone else? Just give, give me a wave. That's you. God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. Let's pray together. God bless you. Let's pray together as a church family. Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. Thank you that you're faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. Jesus, please be the Lord of my life, the leader of my life. I'm giving you the steering wheel. Please lead me and direct me. Thank you, Jesus, that you've saved me and you're now the Lord of my life. Amen. Awesome. Let's thank Jesus in this place. Can I ask, um, they're going to just open the side door. If you guys have a look, they're opening it now. Martin's opening it. But as you'll see, we have got a prayer room. We've got men and women counselors. If you prayed that prayer, you put your hand up. You might not even put your hand up, but you prayed that prayer. Your next step is to tell somebody. You can go there with a family member or a friend or by yourself. And they're not only going to pray with you. They're also going to tell you about your next healthy step to grow in your relationship with Jesus. And remember next week, Craig Johnson uh, from Houston, Texas, Lakewood Church, the associate pastor of Lakewood. And he's the founder of Champions Club, will be with us across the services. So if you don't know what Lakewood Church is, it's the, for quite a few years the biggest church in America, it's still must probably one of the biggest churches in America. Uh, but he's a phenomenal guy, very down-to-earth, humble guy who's worked on projects. He's actually down for a conference, um, a church party conference in South Africa. So he's gonna be speaking for us. I promise you, you will be blessed. Um, you know what I mean? Like I always joke, you somebody says it with a different accent, you guys are going, Well, wow, Pastor Craig Johnson, he's another level. I'm like, I say that every week. Anyway, like you know, but but the whole thing is you you guys hear somebody fresh, a fresh voice, you're gonna just receive so much more. So I encourage you to to come out and don't miss out. God bless you. <laughs>